Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now let's get into this week's episode. Well, good evening and a very warm welcome to a special webinar, a webinar that is by uh, by demand from many people. So this is going to be about unlocking increased cash flow, something that is very close to, to all of our hearts and particularly with the uh, cost of living crisis. I know you're eagerly got your pen and paper at hand. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by my partner of 25 years, uh, Mr. Nigel Green. How are you, Nigel? You all right? I am very well, thank you, Mark. Yes, and indeed a very special webinar tonight. I think it's a great subject matter and very relevant, isn't it, as you say, uh, for what's happening in the world today. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. And this is going to take a few twists and turns. So we're all about challenging convention and tradition. Um, so quite a few bonus uh, sections in here. So please do have your pen and paper at hand. And we'll try and keep the webinar to around about 50 minutes an hour. Um, and there will be some time for uh, a little bit of Q&A at the end. But so that we get you the answers you want to know and get you that traction quick, we'd like you to put all your questions in the Q&A box. And Nigel's going to attend to, to those questions throughout. And we might pick up on a few of those uh, towards the end. And we've got a special guest uh, about halfway through as well. Um, give us some more real life experiences, but I'll introduce you to our special guest in a short while. So put your information, any questions you've got in the Q&A box. If it's just general chat and uh, to say hi, then say hi, put it in the chat box. So chat goes in the chat box, Q&A goes in Q&A. Great. Right. Well, uh, we've got lots of people joining us, so uh, let's crack on and get into how to unlock increased cash flow. And we talk about this subject a lot. And if you want to follow us, tune into our podcast. Our podcast is called Property Developers and Investors. We've got 91 episodes. So, Nigel, almost up to that magic century number, almost <laughs> at 100. Yes. <laughs> Ever, ever getting closer, isn't it? Really, this one, and uh, yeah, great fun, and uh, hopefully, great listening to uh, anybody who participates there. So, yeah. yeah, and you can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. And cash flow really is at the heart of of every business making decision, every business decision, and certainly every every property decision. So, join us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and and certainly subscribe and and like the uh, the podcast. So let's get straight into the mindset of creating wealth. And after all, that's what creating cash flow is. It's a, it's part of that wealth equation. And ultimately, that's going to always start with your why. Your why sits right at the hub, right at the center um, of what you do and why you do it. And we're going to be hearing examples of that throughout the course of, of the next hour. But when you talk about wealth, most people will say, oh, yeah, that's that's financial. Um, we have a different view. Um, yes, financial is important, but it all starts with health, being fit and healthy and, and fit to operate, fit to operate the life that you want to live. So let's not forget health. Of course, there's financial, and that's what we're going to focus on this evening. But there's also the mindset of wealth includes time as well. For those of you who have been in a job, I mean, I work tirelessly, flying all over the world. Um, time was my, my scarcest commodity. Um, I had 
four children, uh, not being able to see them for you know hours, days, uh, and in some cases weeks at a time. So, you know, time is wealth as well. I mean that choice and freedom, and of course that enables you to have that that fourth element of wealth, which is relationships, and then of course personal growth. Now, there'll be different levels of aspiration and drive and inspiration. Uh, some people will want to you know, take over the world and, and grow wealth into the tens of millions, hundreds of millions. Other people might want to grow in confidence, in stature, in eloquence, in, in many different ways. Um, so personal growth is, is really important as well. And once you've achieved that closing of that loop, those five important elements of the mindset of wealth, then you're in great shape to help others. And if you can help others uh, achieve their goals whilst them helping you achieve yours, that's that's a great way. We call that creating shared value. So that's the mindset of wealth. And I think that's a really important, pivotal uh, place to start and frame this evening's webinar. Your your why. We talked about the, the centric nature of your why. It drives the filtration process of everything that you do. Does it get me to where I need to go? Is it relevant to me? And the clearer you are on your why and the specific goals around that, the greater the uh, probability of you hitting your targets. And there should be no no manuscript, no template um, on your why and your goals. It's very specific. For some people, it's absolutely about family. Uh, for others, it's about you know big house, real estate, property. For others, it could be a holiday home, time abroad, uh, freedom, freedom of time, freedom to make choices. Maybe you love your job. I was talking to somebody this morning, a mentee who we've worked with for many years, um, and they absolutely love their job. They're in clinical care. They love helping people. But what they want is the freedom of choice. They want additional cash flow, passive income to create that freedom of choice. So they're doing the work because they want to, not because they have to. And again, they're taking control of their lives. Might be you want cars, fast cars. Might be you want to do help others, run for charity or have a personal aspiration. Uh, I wanted to uh, do an Ironman triathlon and then do the marathon de Saab and really push myself into you know one of the toughest foot races in the world. That was a real driver for me, and I achieved that. If you can set yourself a goal, any goal, and you can achieve it with the right amount of, of effort, grit, and determination, and and indeed a certain degree of sacrifice as well. Let's be let's be realistic about that. So the importance of your why and your goals. Let's get that number one on your list. It's really crucial that every single one of us has an economic equation. I've given you three or four examples here of of different elements of having an economic equation, and that's going to be a common theme throughout this evening. Have you got a personal wealth target? Have you got a hunting license? A hunting license in property would be a very detailed list of what asset class you're looking for, why, what, what areas of added value, what locations, what type of structuring, how you're going to fund it. So in our in our mentorship groups, we'll lay that out very clearly. And in fact, you've got access to that in the for those of you who are Equihub members. Um, so you can take that template and grow that yourself, being dialed into the detail very, very quickly. You know, so you, you're avoiding bouncing out of bed on a Monday morning full of enthusiasm and then thinking, what do I do next? We don't want that. 
We want you bouncing out of bed every morning, knowing there's passion, drive, and absolute clarity on taking each of those sequential steps in order to achieve the goals you want to hit. In in the bottom there, we've got a strategy selection process. That's just a, a little snippet of it, but a way of actually dissecting, dialing into um, the options that you're interested in and which one is right for you. So there's that methodology. And you can see that um, there. You can look whether that's an annual or a monthly return, what percentage of time you're doing comparators against, in this case, a PAYE job, property development, buy-to-lets, book royalties there, SaaS loans, investing in businesses, you know, you put those choices in and then you do the comparisons, which one takes the greatest uh, percentage of time, what the return on time is, the enjoyment level, the skills. So you can create with a certain degree of business acumen, you can um, select the right strategy that works for you. And here's something that will help you. It's part of our quality approved content in the Hub is we give you a complimentary interactive wall planner. I think that comes out in month two. Um, And as you can see from there, it's got the systems, the processes. It comes with a pen. You know, you can uh, wipe on, wipe off because your, your vision, your why, your economic equation, they will change over time. They'll evolve. They were probably not revolution, more, more evolution. Um, so there's a, an example of an interactive white wall planner, which will sit on your study wall, your bedroom wall, wherever, um, be just that constant reminder um, to keep you on track and focused. So we need to select the right strategy or, or indeed strategies. Now, there are eight different types of, of assets. Let's just run through each one briefly. Their business is an asset. That could be a trading business, could be an investment business, but a business is an asset. It's something that can throw off cash flow and be sold at a later date for something of enhanced value. Property, of course, um, is an asset class in itself. That could be serviced accommodation. It could be HMOs. It could be we do an awful lot of commercial to residential conversions, land developments, commercial new builds, commercial hold. Um there's all kinds, title splits, sourcing, many variant themes of, of sourcing of, of property, I beg your pardon. Um, SAS pensions, many of you might know me for my commercial to residential conversion book, but also I've written uh, three books on SAS pensions as well, and how property and pensions can work, and indeed not just uh, pensions and property, but pensions and business. Uh, and investments as well. That's a real challenging tradition uh, approach Nigel and I took um, many, many years ago now. Of course, intellectual property, I've mentioned books. Well, that's IP, IP, think royalties, stocks, shares, and trackers. We we, we do that from time to time. Fairly limited exposure on that these days because I'm more uh, centric on, on certain uh, other assets here. Joint ventures. We do a lot of joint ventures. Um, the door is always open to ones that we know and trust um, in our mastermind and mentorship groups for doing joint ventures and really creating that shared value. There's an emerging class, um, digital assets. Think NFTs, think cryptocurrency. There are lots of different areas, very much an emerging market. Um, and in our community, we've got more and more talks and discussion groups on that to make sure that those that are starting to dip a toe in, intrepidly into that water 
can do that with their eyes wide open because risk management is really key. And finally, um, communities. Communities are a massive asset. Think crowd sharing, crowdsourcing information. Um, you know, communities are absolutely wonderful uh, examples. And the reason why you're here, part of the Echo Academy community. And, and thank you very much for taking up an hour of your evening. Um, so they're the different types of assets. But the question I'm going to ask you is, do you know your number? What number are you looking to create? Because this is about cash flow. Again, being very specific, get the crosshairs on your target, identify it, um, and absolutely dial in on that. So how much is enough for you? Because the answer can't be, I want more. Where does I want more stop? That's not a strategic plan. So write yourself a number in big letters, top right-hand corner, whatever that number is. And if you don't know it, it should be fairly scientific because it's got to cover your cost base. If you know your why, you know your vision, you know what you need to do to achieve those. You don't overcomplicate it, but there's a, a math, you know, some maths there um, to work out what your enough figure is. So you've got your, your assets to choose from. Which assets? If you're choosing maybe investing in businesses, maybe you have a SaaS pension or want to, and maybe you picked a, a, a property asset class, HMOs or commercial to residential conversions as examples. Um, so you're, you're picking those, but they're for the right reason. They're for tax efficient reasons as well. You'll pick out however many of those are relevant. Don't pick too many. Just start with one, maybe two, um, and they will go into your into your bucket, um, and they will fill up your um, your income. Okay, and then you'll you'll have certain outgoings as well, personally and in businesses. And what's left is the the ta uh, the tapped potential, which is your monthly income figure. So if you're looking at uh, might be for some of you, it might be £3,000 a month. Some of you, it might be 1000 Others, it might be 10000 or more. Have that figure. And indeed, we would re recommend that you have a number of figures over time because the aspiration will grow over time. Um, and we use this on the Personal Wealth Planner. Look at your personal wealth target. Where am I now and where will I be? So if you're, uh, let's say, between naught and £1,000 a month, you're probably in the dependent category. You're dependent on, on others. Um, if you're solvent, well, between one and 3,000, st stable, three to 5,000, secure, five to 10, independence, maybe 10 to 25, abundance, 25 to 100K, and, and opulence, 100K and above. So you choose, and you can change those. Um, if you think they're too high or too low, just modulate those. We can only put a you know, appraisal in on what we, we believe. And then you can see the six columns there. First column is now. Where are you now? And then years one, two, three, four, and five. So you'll end up with a curve. You'll, well, hopefully a curve, not a dip. Um, so you might be in the solvent category at the moment. So the yellow down here, that's where you'll put a cross. And then your aspiration is maybe to come up here and then up to here and then up to here and here. Um, and that's a very visual commitment and statement for you and your team, your family um, to achieve that. But of course, cash flow isn't everything. 
um, there'll come a point where it's inappropriate to take more cash flow. It might not be tax efficient to do that. So we always measure, and this really, please, again, make a note of this. We want to be measuring cash flow, but we also want to be monitoring net worth as well, looking at the equity in the assets. Is that equity realizable? What is the strategy? And everything that we start, every strategy we start, I want you to ask this question, you know, start with the end in mind. What is my end game here? If I'm creating a business, a a marketing agency, what am I going to do with that marketing agency? Am I going to uh, bring the children into that and the children have got real passion for that? Um, or am I looking to grow it? And then in four years' time, I'm looking to grow it at a certain multiple of EBITDA. Um, I've been involved in mergers and acquisitions for, for many years and have acquired invested in businesses. So that's quite specialist, but it can be done. But you've got to set a trajectory there. Um, so understanding what your net worth is, whether that's through property assets or or business assets. Okay. So again, they're on the a wall planner that you could create your own, um, but a constant visual reminder of are you on track? This is my target. This is where I want to be, years one to five. And then you'll trend a line of where I actually am and you'll know whether you're underperforming or or overperforming, need to do something different, you know, course adjust along the way. And we all have to do that from time to time. But let's not overcomplicate it. I love this quote. If people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing rods. And whether your passion is fishing or not, I think we can all agree the the simplicity of, of that life. And, and actually, I think we can all admire um, that type of life. There's, there's somebody who's fishing, doing what they love with people they love, um, in beautiful surroundings, and that's their passion. And they probably work really hard to enjoy that relaxing freedom. So whatever your passion is, whether it be sport or time with the family or travel, you know, try and keep it as simple as possible because it's very easy to create complex structures uh, and end up creating a job out of it. So the case for keeping it simple, you want that freedom of choice. I'm sure you want to have the control in your life so you've got very few dependencies. Create that optimised return on time employed. Preserve the capital. The older you get, the less appetite for risk. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to take a capital hit, that's for sure. It takes a long time to recover from that. Create meaningful returns. And I put meaningful. Of course, we all want high returns, but I think we'd all agree, would we not? that high returns generally mean a higher level of risk. Low returns is a lower level of risk. So it's finding and diversifying along that line of low risk, low returns, high risk, high returns. Now, you don't just dump everything you've got into one position on that line. You might diversify along. So you have a blended average rate of return uh, on an annualized basis for your portfolio. Um, That might might be you might have a thousand pounds to invest, you might have nothing to invest, um, but you might have to access capital, and we'll come on to that later. Um, but you find the, the driver, the why, and the vision, and the rest are, is, is simply mechanics. And that diversification really important. And of course, you're going to do a lot, uh, a lot, a lot better at things that you enjoy. So pick something that's a real passion because then it will radiate, it will ooze out of every pore um, and you'll enjoy the journey. So what's our background, Nigel and I? 
you know, just in a few seconds, um, you don't want to hear the life and times of us, but um, we've spent 30 years running businesses and we both come from an engineering background and we've built data centers, power stations, mission critical infrastructure, uh, well over three and a half million square feet of commercial property in best part of 30 odd countries and four continents. Um, so we've been up against it and we've been in the situation that maybe you're in at the moment where, you know, it's very difficult to get off the treadmill. You know, how do you find that additional time in your life after a busy day at work, you're late home, you've missed the kids' bedtime or uh, or maybe not, um, but, you know, it's been a long day and you just want to put the telly on, have a glass of red wine. Where, where do you get that drive and urgency um, to spend that extra time, put that extra capital aside. Well, look, it does come with with sacrifices, and there's no silver bullet here. But the traits we see from successful people, and we've done it ourselves, you have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and really apply that logic and time, having the clarity of vision, and then everything else dovetails around. Set yourself a clear plan. Get yourself somebody who can hold you accountable, who can be there, reach out, because it can be a lonely world, right? So pick somebody who's done it before um, and can help stress test and kick the tires on every step because you don't have chance for a second a second stab at it. You want to go in um, knowing you're on the right strategy, tweak it along the way, yes, um, but really focus. We were in mission-critical technology like power stations and data centres. The lights could never go off. So that simulate and anticipate was a super crucial element of everything that we did in our corporate lives. Um, and we've also been at the other end. We've been uh, as corporate troubleshooters, both of us. We've had the call from the chairman um, to say, you know, can you jump on a plane and go and sort that god-awful um, corporate firefight out um, and some some awful situations there. So we've seen the worst that can happen if you don't structure things um, correctly and put the right control measures in as you grow. And that knowledge applies whether you're starting out your own small consultancy business or doing your first buy-to-let or setting up a sourcing business or all these additional ways of creating some, some income, serviced accommodation or whatever. Um, so we've had the uh, the pleasure and the experience of running uh, mergers, acquisitions, business investment. We've started any number of business startups, some we've sold, some we still remain with. But we've always been working with great teams, identifying great t- talent and teams. Quite often, people who are a lot better at doing what they do than we ever could. Um, so it's making sure you're stepping out the way and uh, you know, not working in the business, but working on the business. And you probably heard that phrase before. Damn hard work. But if, you, if you've got the enjoyment factor there and real passion about what you do, um, then, you know, success will come, I assure you. We've been mentors and non-exec directors now for 25 years. It was 1998 when Nigel and I first started our, our partnership, um, which is about as long as we've both been married. We've both got four four children each, both been married well over 25 years uh, and been working together um, in business um, for that length of time as well. And Nigel, this is, uh, I'm actually quoting you here, one of your favourite quotes, much easier to save a pound than earn a pound. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the two go hand in hand really, Mark, don't they? You know, to to just review your spending, you know, make sure you you maintain a degree of efficiency. It's not about, you know, reducing lifestyle necessarily, but just keeping a, a watching brief on your expenditure. Um, you know, that that hard-earned pound has gone through the it's gone through the mill, hasn't it? You know, in terms you've earned it. Um, well, maybe your your company's earned it in the first place. It's paid tax on it. It's then you know through payroll or dividends, whichever the case may be, is passed on to you. You've paid more tax on it, and you know these these pounds need to be preserved and not just wasted through inefficiency. So, so we we tend to um, you know suggest to the people that we work with, um, you know, in the in the academy to just keep a watching brief, you know, just, just the process of putting your expenditure down on a sheet of paper that might be an Excel spreadsheet, might be whatever media that you've got, but just to keep a watching brief on those costs and every now and again, push the review button and just see if there's a, uh, an alternative that you could look, look into that might save a few pounds, you know, as I say, let's, let's preserve the pounds and also make the cash flow. And, and then obviously the Delta is bigger, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, constant focus. Make it a passion and it radiates out. doesn't mean you have to live on a, you know, uh, on threepence halfpenny, um, but it's really focusing on, you know, does it really get you to where you want to go? So here's something that will really help you. I'm going to skip through this quickly because really tonight's about generating the additional cash flow but how to manage your costs, and we call it spruces. I'll run through it, and then you take a photo of it at the end. So spruces, scrutinise your overheads. Know where your overheads are. Make sure there's no leakage out of that that bucket there, um, and preserve everything. I was on the phone to BT the other day and uh, saved 35 quid a month just by actually cancelled my my landline. I want broadband, but I don't even have a phone connected at home. All the family have got mobiles. Why do I want a landline? People want to get hold of me, they phone my mobile. Um, so I saved 35 quid with that and something else. So uh, preserving cash, okay? You know, we're in a downturn in the economy without a doubt. Will we go into recession? Technically, I'm not. Got the budget going out uh, tomorrow for those of you who are not uh, uh, not listening to the recording. Um so that preservation of cash, these are common sense things to do, but they need to be done consciously. Um, renegotiate everything, everything in your um, uh, out list, uh, your expenditure, renegotiate them. Um, understand the patterns. Um, it's amazing. We did an exercise um, with our mastermind group um, and asked them to go away and understand when do they spend the most, uh, the most uh, during the during the week. And generally, it's like a Friday or a Saturday, the time where maybe a bit of boredom comes in, they've got a bit more time. That's when they'll go go surf shopping on Amazon or um, and buy the things that really they didn't need to, almost comfort spend, things like that. Uh, collect cash. You know, if somebody else has got your cash, um, call it in. And that's from a business perspective or personal. Um, expenses. This is about transferring costs. So if you, there are rules of what you can claim for in, in a company, in your business, but each month, like you might do at work, you put in an expenses claim. Make sure you put that expenses claim in. You can claim expenses, I think it's up to six months, maybe a little bit longer, even before you set up a business. 
think printer, printer cartridges, laptop, all the laptop paraphernalia, those sort of things. If you've if you're expending costs and you don't put it into your company, that's sunk cost. If your company is successful and it will pay those um, expenses at a time when it's got the cash flow to do so, um, then you'll get that money back. So it becomes an investment and it will become an investment if you put a board note in your articles or uh, in a board meeting with the directors and shareholders to say that any expenses that aren't paid uh, by the end of the month will accrue half a percent a month interest, you know, pick a reasonable number. So therefore, the costs actually become an investment over time. It's little techniques like that. Create savings, have that have that bucket, you know, the 10, the 20, the 30% of everything you earn goes into the savings bucket and that gets reinvested into assets. And finally, the exclamation mark in spruces is prioritise. Put it in your diary. Could be once a week, it could be once a month, but allocate 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, once a month, and that will be one of the most significant returns on investment you, you make. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, Property Developers and Investors, or visit our website, www.equaacademy.co.uk. 